was a young basketball player who had dreams of becoming one of the greatest basketball players of all time. My name is Kobe Bryant. I'm 17 years old. The hunger, the motivation, and the desire to be the best possible basketball player that I could be. He worked day and night, every day, for years and years and years and years and years. As time went on, 20 years had passed. And he felt that he had accomplished all that he set out to accomplish. But what he come to realize is that the goal that he set out initially of becoming the greatest of all time was a very fickle one. And what he realized that the most important thing in life is how your career moves and touches those around you and how it carries forward to the next generation. Did he realize that's what makes true greatness? The story would be about transformation of a kid looking inwardly to then growing up and understanding the importance and the power of looking outward. It's a great feeling to know that you set a goal for yourself. You were able to reach that goal and to not get back. I had the power to turn back time. I would never use it. I think about it. Because then every moment that you go through means absolutely nothing because you can always go back and do it again. So it loses its flavor. It loses its, its beauty. When things are final, you know, moments won't ever come again. To be able to have the power to go back and re-experience those things is... It's silly to me. When you take that jersey off for the final time, how do you think you're going to feel? Very at peace with it. And, um, I'm very thankful you know, for the for the 20 years that I've had. And um, ready to go. Okay, we are back. <clears throat> We're the four sheets to the wind, guys. I'm Aaron Drake. I'm here with Connor Thomas and Rick Merchant. Uh, we are here today. Well, we hoped would be a grand return to discuss the Super Bowl, but instead we were hit with a tragedy on Sunday night. And so the pod's going to have a little bit more of a somber tone than, than our normal joyful selves. Um, today we're only going to talk about Kobe. It doesn't feel right to be talking about anything else. Uh, on this show and um, so that's where we're going with uh, Rick Connor how we doing today guys doing all right still I'll say better than yesterday. feels weird yep yep very hard day um, so as everyone knows uh, Kobe Bryant died on a Sunday in a horrific helicopter crash with his daughter Gianna and seven other victims, including the pilot, including a head baseball coach for OCC. And they're on their way to Kobe's daughter and a couple of her teammates with their parents to a basketball game. Uh, To put it even in more eerie context, LeBron had just passed Kobe in all-time scoring about 12 hours before Kobe took off for this flight. So he was very much in the news the week prior, uh, very present the night before on Twitter, Instagram, that whole thing, congratulating LeBron. So um, very eerie timing for all of this. Unbelievable timing, unbelievable story in general. Um, broke Sunday morning about 11 a.m. Pacific time. Um, and Rick, how about you just walk us through sort of what your day was like Sunday and your initial reaction? So, yeah, so I'd pretty much just woken up. So, no, it was a little before a little after I woke up. So I think it was a little before 11. So I guess it was probably like 
11.30 here, so 10.30 Pacific time. And I just was making breakfast, like just going through Twitter while I was waiting for my potatoes to uh, heat up. And I saw just this weird tweet about like, I don't even remember who, who said it. Like what's the first thing I saw was, it was like, oh, please. It was like, oh, please. No, not Kobe. And I was like really confused at first. Didn't really, it had more than that. I don't remember exactly. Cause I was curious enough. Cause if it was vague, I would have thought it would just had to do with uh, LeBron passing him last night. And I looked it up and there wasn't much like just, I searched on Twitter and there wasn't much on it. And then about 15 minutes later, I think someone in our group text sent something out and I just then went back to Twitter and saw it. And it was just, and it was just so it wasn't exactly real at that point. Cause it was like, is this fake? We've had celebrity hoaxes in the past, especially with the, like how soon this came after like LeBron passing and scoring. I thought like, it's just some like, elaborate prank because Kobe was so competitive, didn't want to think of LeBron. And then it actually started to like pile in like reports that it was like actually confirmed that it was Kobe by like TMZ and stuff like that. And I didn't really know what to do at that point. I just kind of sat, like I finished making my breakfast, sat down and was just like, it just wasn't real enough. It was like almost a shock. Well, it was shock, basically. And from there, I just... It eventually started to hit in, and then all the reporting came in and everything like that, and we were texting our group chat. So that's basically how it went for me. And I, until basically hours later, it didn't really hit me that Kobe was dead. Uh, Connor, you want to give us through sort of your, uh, where were you, where you were when, uh, you first heard the news? Yeah. So I was just, um, <clears throat> Sunday afternoon here is about one forty. I actually got the news from Austin. I wasn't on Twitter at the time I was watching a movie, just chilling on the couch, watching Netflix, um, busy trying to get their movie before the two thirty NBA TV game started. The, uh, I think it was Nuggets Rockets. So I was planning to watch that game. Um, got the news from Austin at one thirty-seven Central. Um, hopped on Twitter. I had initially thought for the first five or ten minutes, like, all right, it's a TMZ report. TMZ's reported Lil Wayne died like four times. Kobe dying in a helicopter accident on a Sunday morning. Just, I don't know. I didn't think it was real for the first five or ten minutes. I'm, I'm not sure if it was just denial or just the source. And then I think I saw a tweet from either uh, ABC or Fox reporters, a little more reputable. And then obviously the actual reports start coming in. Um, try to wrap my head around if they're trying to figure out, okay, did, who's on the who's on the helicopter? Was there family members, not family members? There was some back and forth between sources saying family members are or aren't on the helicopter. So I think I sent I spent probably the next four hours just on the couch in that same spot. I didn't really get up or move or anything. Just kind of processing the information on Twitter, watching it unravel. Um, coming to grips with it. And then- yeah. So for me, I was, so I just moved into my new place. So I don't have uh, anywhere to sit currently other than in my bed. So I had woken up at like 10 a.m. or something like that and was just kind of laying in bed all morning. Had a late night the night before, so it was just kind of in and out of sleeping and whatever. And I had been on my phone probably like five minutes before the story broke and then was thinking, all right, I'm going to go like lay back, take another nap or whatever. And I'm laying there for like maybe 15, 20 minutes can't really fall back asleep and then look at my phone and I had gotten like 20 messages from different group texts um, 
And so I was like, this is, this is weird. There's a lot of messages, a lot of activity and a very short amount of time. And then you see that I was coping a crash and it was, again, it didn't seem like a real story. I was like, this, that, that's not supposed to happen. Uh, and so then I went on to Twitter myself and was scrolling through. And then within those first 10, 15 minutes that it was reported, there was kind of a lot up in the air. And then TMZ was the first to report it. And they're TMZ strange where, yeah, they do have like some of the Lil Wayne stuff, but they also do break a lot of big stories like that. So I was immediately, I didn't really think it was fake, but it didn't seem real at the same time. Uh, Kobe's just such a larger than life personality and he was just so present the night before. It just seemed like, like what are the odds that that all would have happened that way? And then like that setting in and then you start to hear, oh, his all of his daughters were on the plane. And then that's being reported as, no, that's not actually true. Um, but then you find out, oh, Gianna's was on the plane. That ends up being confirmed. Um, and that was all over the course of like an hour or so. And, and at this point, I'm just, you know, on Twitter, just refreshing every every couple minutes trying to see whatever the latest news is. And then, I mean, like you, Connor, I was basically just on my phone sitting there reading Twitter. And then eventually, I mean, I put on ESPN almost immediately and it was the pro bowl and I'm freaking out. Cause I'm like, why do they have the pro bowl on when Kobe just died? And I, I couldn't find anything like, a live news stream of people discussing it to like really figure out what was going on. Um, and then eventually ESPN started uh, doing their own basically impromptu sports center. That was just Kobe coverage. And then, and then that was when it really started sinking in when I think it was Jay Williams mm-hmm. was the first one mm-hmm. who they had on talking about it. And that was when it really sunk in for me. And I was like, oh, this, this happened. And Jay Williams is on there crying and whatever. And then going off about just everything Kobe meant and how this is impossible and all that. Um, and then they bring on Rachel Nichols and she's clearly very emotional. And then that was when it, when it really hit like, this is Kobe. This is for three kids growing up in Southern California, like Kobe's been just an insane presence in our life. Um, and you know, it was an emotional day. Like I never would have thought that a celebrity death would have impacted me as much as, as this did. I was crying off and on for a couple hours, really, um, watching everyone talk about it and reading the things that people had to say and all that sort of stuff. Um, I mean, we had talked about a couple times, I think, like just as a thought experiment, who was the person that you've never met who's brought you the most joy in your life? And I would always come back to Kobe because there were just so many memories where I'd be watching Laker games and Kobe does something incredible. And he brought five championships to my favorite team. And he really impacted my life where – I mean, being a sports fan is a huge part of all of our identities. And if we're growing up when the Shaq and Kobe Lakers and then just Kobe putting, basically making the Lakers an entertaining product single-handedly and then through the Pau Gasol years, winning more titles um, and all of that, like who knows if, if we're as big as sports fans as we are, if we were not growing up in that, environment and in that Laker ecosystem, I guess. And Kobe was a major part of that. I mean, growing up as a little kid, I always wanted to move to LA to watch the Lakers and watch the Dodgers and be a part of that city because I loved those teams and I loved Kobe. and I love Shaq. Um, 
And I just finally moved to LA literally this week. And, you know, it's sort of hard to differentiate, like, what was Kobe's impact and what wasn't. Um, so, yeah, pretty, pretty crazy day. I mean, you know, it's crazy when your mom's calling you later that day to check in on you because someone you didn't even know personally had died. Um, and the reactions across LA are crazy. I mean, you've walking around town the last couple of days been seeing Kobe jerseys all over the place, Lakers hats, Lakers shirts, whatever people flying, putting flags out. Um, there's purple and gold all over the place. Um, so yeah, a lot of people are really impacted by this. Uh, I mean, it it is like hard. You can't overstate how much Kobe is impacted our lives because everyone's talking about just L.A. How much like he meant to L.A. We obviously didn't grow up in L.A. Orange County, but it's still Lakers town. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he's the most kind of singular athlete for L.A. that anyone can think of. There's someone that's Without been there for our whole life, lives. Our lifetime for sure. Our our lifetime for sure. And I would say just with how everything's with social media and people more connected and everything, I would say mm-hmm. ever, even compared to magic. Yeah, I but would agree. It's just crazy to think about that. And it's not like he wasn't like he lived in Newport most of his career. It's a just all of Southern California, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you think about it, like my earliest like finite sports memories are uh, the Lakers playing playoff games and the finals games and that first three peat. And so, basically, for as long as I can remember. I've had some sort of relationship with Kobe. Like my dad loved Shaq. So, you know, he was Shaq. And then me and my brothers, we, we all wanted to be Kobe because our dad was already Shaq and he was a big guy. And so we wanted to be the small guy and, and shoot jumpers and all that sort of stuff. And so you build this relationship with this person. And then really like you have this connection to someone for, Over two decades. Yeah, 20-something years. I mean, that's longer than I know anyone. I've I've known Kobe longer than both of you guys, um, longer than Alex, like twice as long almost. And and it's crazy how much someone like that that you never met can mean to you and inspire people and unite people. Um, I've seen a lot of people saying, like, Los Angeles natives like Ice Cube and Ramona Shelburne making just a great point about how LA is, you know, one of the most, if not the most diverse city in the country, in the world with the amount of people that come here chasing a Hollywood lifestyle and good weather and all that. You've got rich tech people. Now you've got movie stars, you've got like some oil money. Uh, you've got some, you got a lot of poor people. You've got like, Hispanic people, you got black people, there's been like the LA riots, the Rodney King stuff, all that stuff. But the one thing that everyone could always get behind was the Lakers, especially. And Kobe was the greatest Laker of all time. Um, And just something that any single person in basically all of Southern California extended to Vegas, pretty much. Um, was united by the Lakers. And that was something you could talk to basically any single person from any single walk of life on and, uh, feel some sort of kinship to, and, you know, Kobe really made that happen by driving their success. I mean, this wouldn't be the case if the Lakers weren't good and he was the biggest reason that they were good. And so he was a huge reason for that. Um, and then on top of that, like the Mamba mentality and all that, like, it's a very inspirational thing to a lot of people. And I think you can see that based on the reactions, especially around the sporting world in general and definitely the NBA. 
I mean, what were some of the more notable reactions to you guys from other players, analysts, um, you know, NFL players, even baseball players, uh, whoever? What were some of the more notable ones for you guys? I think the one we we're all waiting on was LeBron, which came a little bit later. Uh, I think LeBron did, didn't go public with his reaction until last evening. I think around nine nine central or so my time. Mm-hmm. Um, finally posted something on on Instagram, and you could tell. I mean, <clears throat> as a reading, you could tell how hard it was. I think for LeBron to process this and to to get that out in public, it felt very raw that he just kind of went out and types type, like kind of typed what it was on his mind. It wasn't like a big, a very well, not, not that it wasn't well written, but it was, a, it was, it was a stream of conscious. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. That was um, the one I was obviously waiting we on. Did, to we did see get come that, that reaction of him on the tarmac landing. Cause the Lakers found out while they were in the plane, mm-hmm. I saw a story that a lot of them, cause they had a really late flight. They had left early that morning they're up late because it was a late game East Coast last night. Um, so most of the team was actually asleep. And I saw that the news sort of trickled in and Dwight Howard actually woke up most of the team to tell them all like the news. Um, and I'm sh- sure it was just an extremely distraught plane, especially LeBron passing uh, Kobe the night before. They LeBron ended up saying, I think it was included in his post that they had a conversation that morning. Yeah. Um, that's, that's right. Like basically an hour before Kobe died, they had a phone call with each other. And LeBron had, because obviously LeBron was feeling very reflective about his relationship with Kobe passing him. And so he had about a five minute just video of him talking about how much Kobe meant to him just last night. Yeah. The um, post game, post game locker room. Basically explaining first time he met LeBron, he was a high school student about to play Oak Hill Academy, play Carmelo, and I think he was in Philly for for that game. I think if I recall, yeah, it was something like that. It was Kobe was in town for the All Star game or something. For some reason, they're both in the same city. I think it was Philadelphia, and LeBron gets a pair of shoes from Kobe, not the right size or the size off or whatever, and LeBron still wears them. It was at the ABCD camp, I think. Mm. Didn't he say? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That sounds about right, Rick. It was at a camp, I think. Um, LeBron also goes on to say, I mean, very candidly, that the only people who he wanted approval from with his basically basketball legacy was Michael Jordan and Kobe. And then goes on to say that Michael Jordan's never wanted to have a relationship with him but Kobe was very welcoming to LeBron from basically the get-go all the way back to LeBron being in high school. And then definitely when LeBron came to LA, Kobe very much could have, you know, there's a, there's a very weird relationship between Laker fans and LeBron because of their love of Kobe and Kobe was very welcoming to LeBron for that. Um, so I'm sure that meant a ton to LeBron as well. Mm-hmm. Some, a uh, couple of the other reactions that just got me were just kind of two what, that kind of go together. Pow. Mm-hmm. Pow's a very short day of. Yeah. Pow. That just, and just his sidekick. And the sidekick kind of he wanted and always got along with. But on the other hand, Shaq, someone that Shaq today on TNT was absolutely mm. heartbreaking. Oh, yeah. I was watching that and um, that was just, you think, like I was like feeling better today about it, able to process it better. Um, and then I saw that and just, tore me up yeah uh, considering their relationship like through time Mm -hmm. yeah rick the pow one i think honestly that might have been the first one that really broke me where it's kind of just like twitter people 
just kind of going like, oh my God, this is terrible, blah, blah, blah. And then I saw the POW one come up. And I think it was just something like, no, my big brother, like it can't, this can't be true or something like that. Uh, it was pretty distinct or succinct, but you could just sense just some like, just total devastation. And then that's when you're thinking like, oh, these were guys that really, you know, had a close relationship, went, went through all of this stuff together. And all of my experiences watching them and like just thinking about what that guy's going through and then seeing like, I think it was Laker film room commenting below that saying like, we love you, pal. Like, so sorry for your loss. And then that was kind of when it, when it hit me. And then the Shaq one was, was another one. Uh, we were like, man, like, like they went through so much together and they had a very public feud and beefing and then they'd reconciled it. And then hearing Shaq talk today, you can tell that he just regrets not being closer to Kobe throughout the last 10, 15 years, really. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, another one that I thought was, was when it kind of started hitting about how big of a deal it was, was seeing Kenny Atkinson's randomly, the Nets coach. And he was clearly very shaken. And he was one of the first coaches to give a statement. Um, and he mentions in it that one of our players was especially close to Kobe and that he wasn't going to be playing in the game, I think. And I was clearly talking about Kyrie. And then that was when I kind of started thinking, oh, wow, there's like, you've like, you're thinking like, oh, these guys all over the league have these close relationships. It's not just Powell and Shaq. Yeah, that's it. That was the other thing. Like there's a few specific instances of like things that hit me hard, but just how widespread, like it's, Widespread in basketball, first of all, like pretty much everyone in basketball is shaking up about it, but outside of basketball around the world, that just shows you what kind of an icon Kobe was. Yeah, you have Neymar giving his tribute because he saw at halftime, actually, um, his phone had been blowing up that he saw at halftime of his game that that news story broke. And so in the second half, he scored a goal and gave a Kobe two, four tribute. Um, Stuff like AC Milan's wearing a black armband this weekend, even though the league told him they couldn't mm -hmm. like, he's a worldwide superstar and that not even a super basketball superstar, just a superstar. Yeah. Like, did you hear Mike Breen's first of all, Mike Breen's, uh, introduction to his broadcast with the Knicks Nets game that day was, was really good talking about the Thurman Munson comic. Um, but then he even gave a story in the middle of the game. I don't know if you guys saw this that I thought was just insane and showed the global reach that Kobe had was when the team USA was doing some sort of like basketball outreach thing in Asia and so they were all in China and Breen was covering the team at that time, broadcasting games. And so he was in a taxi cab and wearing a team USA polo or something like that. And the guy, the cab driver spoke very broken English and saw the USA logo and asked him basketball. And Mike Breen said, yeah, I'm, I'm here for basketball. And then the guy asked Kobe and Mike Breen said, yeah, yeah, Kobe's here. And then the guy asked, do you know Kobe? And Mike Breen said, yeah, I actually do know Kobe. And hearing that he was driving someone who knew Kobe was so overwhelming that the cab driver had to pull over to the side of the road and just started crying and weeping. Because he met someone who knew Kobe. Oh, and yeah. I think, and like, basketball in China. Fan. Yeah. I think, bat, like, basketball in China, like, I think Kobe's probably the one of the biggest drivers of that. 
Yeah, he. I mean, he was the first guy who really was like the China guy, you know? Yeah. Like all the other guys have started going there since then, but like. Yeah, he paved that way, mm-hmm. though. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, I mean, Kobe was was just iconic. It's, I feel like there's been some rabble rousing amongst like NBA diehards about Kobe's place in terms of like how great he was, whether he was one of the, I don't think most diehards would say he's top five, but you've got your Kobe stands who would say Kobe's the goat and fucking mean that. Um, but then there's, it's become in vogue. I feel like to sort of diminish Kobe's legacy, but I mean, it, there's no way around saying that Kobe meant more to fans than Tim Duncan did by, you know, tenfold or something like that. Just his impact on people and expanding the game and being fun to watch and an interesting person in general. I mean, he went full black mamba after the sexual assault case, which is something you have to mention, you know, whenever you're going to be reflecting on Kobe's life, it's one of those thing, things that, you know, wish didn't happen as someone who's a big Kobe fan, but it did. And it kind of just complicates his story. Let me pivot here. So one, one thing I want to throw out there, I was discussing with my, my buddies over, um, (laughs) over here over lunch the first day. Who globally, who would elicit this kind of a response across across the world, across industries? I mean, short of LeBron, who's obviously a very obvious comparison, similar impact, similar fan base around the world, and then maybe soccer players, Messi, Ronaldo, I'm, I think are equally, they're global stars, but I don't think they'd get the same reaction in America at least. Like we were saying, like who would get a hour-long ABC Sunday night primetime, like cut the cut Shark Tank, cut the local programming hour long special on them. Um, musicians, about, perhaps. I was thinking about yeah, musicians. Also, Connor, it's it's kind of like I feel like there's a sweet spot here where you have to have like a very very complete career mm-hmm. to totally build yourself up and have a all of your successes that a 20 year career is going to have. And you have to die young enough where that to still be fresh and still be tragic. Cause you know, if I mean, even like I was trying to think about if like Michael Jordan had died, clearly Mm -hmm. more famous, bigger impact on basketball, but he's just been out of the spotlight for long Way longer than Kobe. I mean, totally. totally. I mean, Kobe's still almost owner. still in the spotlight. Kobe's yeah. only been out of the game for less than four years. Yeah, still involved, still in the public eye, in a lot of ways. I mean, MJ's what, like fifty something now? Fifty seven, probably something like that. Uh, like that would be huge. But even then, I don't know if it would trigger as emotional of a response because it'd be. It's not in. It'd be the thing that he's lived more of a full life. I mean, Michael's Michael's fifty six years old right now, mm-hmm. so obviously it'd be a life cut short. But it'd feel in a lot more. I think in a lot of ways it'd feel more complete. So I think that adds to the the tragedy of it. Yeah, I mean, other than I think athletes is an easy one. Musicians, I politicians maybe. I was thinking like Obama dying, Trump dying. Obama, that's one I hadn't thought of. That would I think would be similar. Trump I think would be different. Trump's 74 years old and definitely more polarizing than Kobe at this point. I think <laughs> yeah. there might be a lot of... Yeah, the, uh, it would be very different. Um, I think Obama's a pretty good comparison. I think in terms of just being as big of a big story. I mean, yeah, obviously, yes. Well, Trump, if the Trump president dies, massive, dies, then yeah, yeah, yeah. it would be a, be a <laughs> bigger story. story. I'm saying I'm trying to compare it in the sense this I guess a sim- similar reaction. So it need to be someone whose life is cut short. Obama's a great example. Uh, Musician wise, I don't, Beyonce someone tossed out. 
Kanye maybe. Well, well, when Michael Jackson died. Yeah, I think Michael Jackson was, but again, it was a. That would be like <laughs> Michael Jackson had had the whole like he hadn't been recording music for a long time and had the whole Neverland pedophile thing going. Michael Jackson around. was essentially, but it wasn't. It wasn't as. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying that Michael Jackson deserves. We it. don't need to move on to pedophile. pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm at the that, time, it was that, more just weird rumors versus uh, nothing I think like concrete. I think when he, Michael Jackson died, we knew pretty damn Whatever. well <laughs> what he was. So I think it, I think that's what made it different, though. I, honestly, I think when no Michael Jackson was a huge deal that people We're had an outpouring of support for when sure, he died for sure. Because remember, people were like protesting his doctor and stuff. That was a big deal for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think, and over, I would say, mo like overwhelmingly positive in that sense. Yeah, I would agree, Rick. It was very, very positive response. Uh, but that being said, I think it would have been a more positive response and universal outpouring, like what we're seeing with Kobe, if that hadn't happened, and if it had happened. Or especially if it had happened like before all that, sort of right when his recording career ended. What is oh yeah. Didn't the first rumors of that start in like the early nineties? Did it? I think Neverland. I think that first Neverland thing was like ninety three. Okay, well, <laughs> I, I remember. Trailer. But I, I've, been terri- remember. I've been terrified of Michael Jackson my entire life. He was a weird guy at that point, but we also weren't alive during his like peak, peak, peak. And so that's the only Michael Jackson we knew. Yeah, yeah, okay. But in terms of, I would say Michael Jackson Rick was the closest we've seen to this. Yeah, I. Um, I can't even think of. I mean, who that's still alive? I think Beyonce is a good answer. I do think Kanye would elicit. Because one thing about Kobe is a lot of people hated Kobe um, for various reasons. But but Kobe, people have hated Kobe for various reasons, but he's been on the uptick. Mm-hmm. The difference with Kanye is he seems like he's on the Yeah, he's on the down the downtick. Kanye would have died five years ago. I think it would be more similar. Kanye now is a much, is def, is a much more score. divisive. As divisive as Q score has gone down quite a bit, his music is not selling as well, and he's just, I think, generally more seen as a crazy person. But he elicits emotion still, and like part of that is because people do care about Kanye still. Yeah, I don't disagree with that, but I'm, I think if I think Kanye would have garnered a similar, more, a more similar reaction four or five years ago than he would now. Yeah, I think music in general is just harder to get this sort of reaction than spro- sports. Um, I think it's, I'd, I'd probably agree with that, but other than sports, I think music is probably the only one that would, other than maybe a rare politician. Mm-hmm. See, I, I think- might say opposite, though. How come? Because music, sports generally, you have time zones and stuff like that when stuff's live. I think sports is tougher to move across the world than music is. You can listen to uh, a Beyonce album at any time, any time in the world. Mu- musicians tour around the world. Like, I feel like you hear even like when you compare like older musicians dying with versus like older sports legends dying, I think you get a bigger reaction for musicians. Like yeah, Bowie, Prince, stuff like that. Yes, but I think that's more so of where music was back when they were in their primes and how music lives on more so than sports. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like back in when David Bowie was in his prime in like the 70s and 80s or whatever, there was a lot less music that was available to people. So the stars were bigger stars. And me and you and Connor can, you know, take in David Bowie's content basically on the exact same way that our parents did when Bowie was 
putting stuff out back in his prime, you're just hearing his music. Yeah, you're not seeing live concerts, but you can hear his music. And that's 99% of your experience with the artist. Whereas sports, like you can't relive basketball games that happened in the 80s. Like, yeah, we know what yeah. happened with Magic and Larry Bird, but the mm-hmm. the thing about sports is watching them live, you don't know what's going to happen. And that's where where all the emotional response comes from. So I think it's easier for musicians at an older age to elicit a bigger response in comparison to like an athlete from a similar age, because there's going to be people that are 20 years old who love David Bowie as much as someone who's 60 years old. Whereas someone who's 20 years old is never going to love magic Johnson as much as someone who was 50 years old. and watching all of his yeah. games. Yeah, I think yeah. that's a, that right. brings up an interesting point for me that that Kobe was like for the entire generation of NBA players was their version of Michael Jordan because I've heard a lot of them say like we we totally respect and understand how big of a deal MJ was but for someone like whatever Luca John Moran na- name a younger player like they never they literally never saw MJ play a minute much like me and you really did and I guess mm-hmm. we saw him for a little bit in the Wizards but that's hard to say it's even the same thing. So for like for all the guys in the league right now, either you played with you played against him, you played it with him in the Olympics, you put you were his teammate or for the the younger guys who are rookies, second year guys right now, like Le- Kobe was like your was your idol growing up. Mhm. Totally. I think it's why, like why the timing is so painful for the entire league and why like I mean, yeah. it's such a big deal for the entire yeah. league is because Kobe was that guy, either peer or idol for the entire league, like still active. Mm-hmm. 100%, Connor. And I think that's what, like, it, it just sort of helps build upon the, the emotional outpouring because it's super visible. These guys are all on TV giving their tributes, wearing Kobe's numbers, writing his name on their shoes all that sort of stuff. And they're the guys that people are watching their games being played. Whereas like if, if Michael Jordan died right now, like is Trey young going to wear number 23? Like I doubt it, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, back to, I mean, is there anyone else? I think Beyonce is probably a good answer. Do you guys think? I don't really, I think Drake would be very sad, but I don't think it'd be nearly the same level of response. Just because you have so many... I think for music, the problem is... Not the problem, but the the difference is if you don't like that person's music, you're, you're probably not going to have a, like... Oh, yeah, it's kind of sad, opinion. but... Yeah. You're not going to have a strong opinion towards it. Whereas even if you're not a Lakers fan, if you're a fan of the Minnesota Timberwolves, I think you can still... You'd still be able to appreciate more the the tragedy of it. Whereas if you're not a fan of a particular artist's music, I'm not sure it hits you as hard. Yeah. Yeah, I think in general there's more just sports fans. And if you're a sports fan, you know Kobe, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think in general across the world there's just more sports fans than there are, you know, specific rap, hip-hop, pop fan, yeah. fans. Like there's a million country fans and rock fans who don't give a shit about Beyonce or Drake or – Jay-Z or Kanye or whoever. Mm-hmm. I think, what do you guys think about like Kim Kardashian or like Kylie Jenner? No, nah, I don't even I don't think, think they hit at all. Yeah, I agree with that. I'd be, it'd, be, it'd be like sad, just like it's sad that when anyone dies and it'd be kind of a shock because they're such a big name. Mm-hmm. But I think part of it is like you're seeing... I think the, the sad part is like seeing someone so talented pass away. Not to say that they don't have talent. I, I kind of always disagree with people when they say, "Oh, like the Kardashians are talentless sluts or whatever." Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I'm like, okay, well, if, if you were a hot chick, like, could you make billions of dollars? You probably mm-hmm. couldn't. Like, there's only really hot chicks on earth, and somehow they monetize this. I d- that's. I think we're a little bit we're not great at contextualizing how much their impact is, also because. We're very much not their demo. <laughs> We're not watching reality TV shows. We're not, 
you know, buying cosmetics. Yeah. We're not watching all of their posts on Instagram when they have like 10 minute long stories and you're consuming all of those, you know, like Mm -hmm. not only do we not do that, we don't really know people who do that. And we, I'm sure we know girls who do that, but we just, we don't talk about that at all with them. So we don't really understand that reach. But here's a key difference that I do think they're, I'm going to say this before, I do think they work hard to build their brand and everything. But no, the perception of them is that they're just making money off their fame. They just are kind of entitled. Make money off their fame. They're entitled. They can just make the money. They don't have to do anything. They're lazy. The thing with Kobe is that, yes, he's one of the most talented basketball players of all time, but there's no way anyone can say that Kobe wasn't the hardest worker in the, in the gym. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's what connects with people is that it wasn't just talent. It's hard work. Yeah. I think that we, we haven't even really touched on this, that I think Kobe's legacy will really be about his mentality and work ethic. Drive and determination mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And will to Will to win, basically. I mean, unparalleled other than Michael Jordan, basically. Even like LeBron, who's... And I don't even think the legend of MJ hits that. Because when you think about the legend of MJ, you hear all the stories about him gambling till... And it's legends in themselves gambling till 5 a.m. and then going up playing a 3 o'clock game. Mm -hmm. Like... Playing and 36 that's, holes that's more just and then being dropping 40 later in the day. Just the talent. That's more hits on the talent side of it where Kobe, the stories you hear about, you don't hear about him gambling till mm-hmm. 5 a.m. You hear about him in the gym till 5 a.m. taking a quick break and then playing a 12 o'clock game. That's like uh, Allen Iverson just said, uh, I think it was yesterday, that right after they got drafted, their rookie seasons um, – that when he was in Los Angeles, him and Kobe met up to get dinner together. And then when they were leaving, they were playing each other the next night. And Kobe asked him what he's doing the rest of the night. And Allen Iverson said, oh, I'm hitting the club, obviously. It's Allen Iverson. And then he asked Kobe what he was doing. And he's like, oh, I'm going to go back to the gym for a little bit and do some workouts. And it's like, like that Kobe's singular focus was on being the greatest basketball player ever. And anything that got in the way, um, he wasn't going to participate in basically. And that included having friends. Mm-hmm. He had his phrase, you know, friends hang sometimes banners hang forever. And like, that really was his mentality was win at all costs. I was searching for a documentary to watch um, last night. I stumbled upon the <clears throat> a pretty old ESPN Sports Century. Do you guys remember that series? No. Like early early 2000s, that, um, just basically ESPN documentaries about uh, kind of biographies about particular athletes. This was in like 03, so it was right. It was kind of an odd time because it was the Colorado um, trial clearly hadn't been resolved yet. Mm-hmm. So it, still, it really only covers the first seven years or so of Kobe's career. And they cover a bit how how alienated he was by his teammates for those first few years. Really, the first five, like five years on the Lakers makes a conscious effort to not have any friends in the team. Does he's the, obviously he's an eighteen year old kid. It's a all these players are whatever twenty five thirty. So you have the age gap, and then you have a couple of younger players in the team like D Fish. But Kobe really d- doesn't open up at all, purposely isolates himself from the rest of the team. And then I think around 01 or so, he's kind of starts opening up more to them and they realize he's like, oh, he's a, he's a good guy. He's a funny guy or whatever. But I found it interesting how purposeful he was about that. Just from the start, like imagine being like a 19 year old kid in Los Angeles, having some pretty early success. He was a all-star second year in the league mm-hmm. and making like, a conscious decision. Like I'm not, I'm going to disassociate from my, teammates because I think that's the best decision for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I, and then 
even from that point forward, I do feel like he was that became even deeper post Colorado sexual assault case where he had this black mark on him and you know, it seemed like he then embraced, like he talked about it, that he embraced like the darkness basically. And that sort of shit that he would talk about. And that was when he came up with being the black mama was post um, Colorado and post sexual assault charges and all of that. And that was when he kind of, that was when he really started building his own legend. I feel like was, you know, post Colorado. And that's what I, you know, do you get what I'm saying? Like when he switched to 24 and Mm -hmm. started doing his Mamba mentality. And I feel like that's the sort of stuff that made Kobe Kobe and made him legend so grand. And then that's sort of what I was saying when I was trying to talk about how that added to the myth making of him. Whereas he has this very public low point and then he just sort of uses that to fuel him and, you know, yeah, that, and then just having bad teams around him during that yeah, era where he's just true. carrying those teams to being somewhat relevant during that era. Mm-hmm. Like, just he had no one around him a couple of those years, and then they started getting a couple guys, and then the pow trade, obviously. But when he was just putting up stats and putting – the team on his back basically every night. Mm-hmm. So um, do we want to go through some of our, some of the f- best Kobe memories? Yeah. Let's do, do it. Have, do you guys have more to say about this sort of Kobe's impact or anything like that? I mean, we could go on. <laughs> yeah, we could go on for, for like <laughs> three hours if we wanted to, but then we've said a good amount. Mm hmm. Let's end on a positive note. So for you guys, what what do you think the most singular when you look back on Kobe's time with the Lakers or just in general, what do you think will be the first thing you think of? Off the top of my head, I would I'm not sure if it's the first moment, but the first thing that popped in my head was him going back to take those two free throws after tearing his Achilles. Mm-hmm. I think is very illustrative of who he was. Mm-hmm. Like it would have been very easy at that age, at that point, at that, at that moment. Okay, was, I'm fucking done. Like this is a injury that's that's killed off as many NBA players as anything. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not, I'm fucking done. Like this is it. I've literally pushed myself. I mean, if you go back and look at the minutes played in the ten or fifteen games leading up to that, it's maniacal, 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 like maniacal <laughs> like what he was attempting to do like will this fucking shitty team well, that was playoff. the Dwight Howard season wasn't it where they were supposed yeah. to be great and they were mm-hmm. barely going to make the playoffs and I think they came in as a seven seed right but they were like fighting for a playoff spot and Kobe mm-hmm. was having one of his best years of his entire career and was you know there was so much pressure on this team because they got Dwight and Steve Nash and it had all just gone to shit and Kobe mm-hmm. was basically just willing that team into the playoffs. Yeah. I think that'll probably, that will like as a stealing from the rewatchables. I think that will age the best of Kobe's entire career potentially. Uh, Yeah. What about you? I mean, that kind of hits like, that's why it felt so weird that he died because Kobe's not like LeBron where LeBron had the injury last year, but LeBron never gets injured. Mm Hmm. Kobe always had injuries and always found a way to get through them. Yeah. That mm. added Fingers, to the invinci- invincibility. I remember he had the broken finger. Yeah, I remember the mask. That, there was that picture of like him holding his rings and all of his fingers are all taped up because he had yeah. so many fingers and stuff. Like he had and then like the that's ju- the that's the ultimate that's- playing through it, getting mm-hmm. through it is just him on the floor, grab grabbing his Achilles, and then getting up and shooting those two free throws. And not only that, but they were up by like, it was like less than three points. Either they were up or down with like 
two minutes left in the game, and he goes up and just sinks both of them, of course. Um, yeah, Rick, that was what my dad said when he would think back on Kobe was just how, how he was able to just play through everything. Um, not like, you know, your Kawhi Leonard's of the world today. <laughs> um, I think his last game that ESPN aired last night will uh, be very memorable. Yeah. I mean, those last, like, because I remember watching it at the time, didn't watch the Warriors game, which seems crazy that one of the, basically one of the records I thought was unbreakable. And obviously we're Lakers fans, so <laughs> it makes a little bit more sense. But like in retrospect, that game just trumps, even for non-Lakers fans, that mm-hmm. trumps what the Warriors did last night yeah. in what happened that night. Just And I was wondering if those last three minutes would like live up to the hype I was feeling at the time watching it. And it just blew it away. He scored like 15 blew- points in like the last six minutes. Or something. <laughs> um, I think the moment probably that I think back the most on Kobe's career is when he jumps on the, uh, Score table. table after they beat the Celtics in game seven in 2010. And he's standing there and he's holding both of his arms out wide and the confetti's pouring around him. And I think that's always what I think of. Cause I mean, he didn't have like a great game in that game, but just like the pure joy of beating the Celtics and doing it in front of LA and all that. Um, I think that might be my favorite moment. Oh, I think what I'm trying to remember, I was going to look up what year it was, but I can't remember off the top of my head, the, the sun series. That, that was the next one. Where he hits the game winner. That's probably up there. Oh, oh six. That, I want to say with that. Uh, yeah. I was thinking oh six oh seven. I couldn't remember exactly which Steve year it was on his MVP. Yeah. Yeah. And, just hitting a game winner and that fist pump mm-hmm. after he hits it is just so definitive in my mind. Yep. I agree. Yep. That was that was the one I was gonna say too. Oh oh yeah, it was oh six first round, game four. Yeah, that was the season he averaged like thirty five points or something like that. Mm-hmm. He does his eighty. But I had forgot about that series. I saw this the that specific highlight you just referenced um on Instagram today. I, the the Suns were a two seed. And we were the seven seed. Yeah, and then they like they yeah. three one lead to the Suns, and in Game Seven, Kobe like didn't shoot. Yeah, yeah. I really wish they won that series, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think another thing that'll that is weirdly immortalized, just because of how representative it was of Kobe, is that clip of Matt Barnes faking the ball right in his face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I was going to say that's a great one. That has captured Kobe pretty well. Um, the Kobe Shaq alley-oop against the Blazers in like 01. Yeah, that that's, I mean, that's just that the peak of that. That duo. That duo, basically, that comeback. Mm-hmm. Um. Anything else you guys can think of that's uh, a truly memorable Kobe? Oh, the – I mean, we didn't even bring up the 81-point game. No. But I mean, that, that's, <laughs> that could be, honestly, his most famous accomplishment. Mm-hmm. He had the other game against the Mavericks where he scored, what was it, 62? He had 62, 62, 62, 62 and the Mavs had 61. Yeah, and he didn't even play the fourth quarter. Yep. Um, 61 in, in MSG. Yep. At, at the time was a record. I think, it, yeah, at the time was a record for the visiting, for a visiting player. I think for anyone, wasn't it? Uh, I feel like I've always heard the stat as visiting player. Maybe Maybe someone on the Knicks scored more. Yes, but I I feel like Kobe started that trend of like you have to show like really show out at MSG. 
like people, his record, someone pat who passed him. Hard it, to fight him, I think. Yeah. But I've, oh, that's Carmella. another accomplishment. Mel dropped 62. Yeah. But that's another accomplishment. Like, I feel like it's a big thing to show out at MSG and try to get that point total up now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I feel like those are kind of all the big ones, right? So, do you want to end this with just everyone's what they'll remember, what Kobe meant to them, what they'll remember about Kobe just in general? Sure. Yeah, I think it'd be a nice way to wrap it. You know, TS off, Rick. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure we're gonna hit on a lot of same points, but the drive, determination how fun it made those early sports watching years of my childhood. Like I had the Broncos titles when I was really young, but then it was just, it was like we were spoiled as children, like watching, which I still think could be the greatest team ever. I'm not convinced anyone could beat those Lakers. And Just the ability to fight through anything. And you can't think of anyone other than Kobe when you think of hard work and willing to master anything and everything. Connor, you want to go or? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, um, I think I was truly shocked in the the reaction I had. Um, I didn't know it'd be possible to have su- such a reaction, um, such sadness as someone passing that I'd never met before. Um, I guess think now, obviously going through it, it's I mean, it'd be it's obvious it would be Kobe. I don't think anyone else would elicit, elicit such a response um, from the community and myself personally. Um, Kobe's been part of my life for over 20 years, as far, as far as back as I can remember for sports. Um, the Lakers have always been my number one team, and Kobe was has been the Laker for really the entirety of his, entirety of his career. I mean, I think I was as big of a Shaq guy as I was a Kobe guy when Shaq was there, but nonetheless. Um, and I think being a Laker fan has been a, maybe the defining uh, – one of the defined characteristics of who I am, I guess, and how I define myself. Like what for one of the first thing I'd say, I'm like, what are your interests or whatever? It's like, I'm a sports fan. And thus I'm a, I'm a Lakers fan. Cause they're my number one team and being a, uh, having Kobe kind of shape who I've become has been a big part of my identity. Um, and I'll, uh, I guess I'll, I'll, I'm thankful that I was able to grow up and Kobe has been there for the past 25 years for me. Yeah. So for me, uh, sort of repeating myself, what I said earlier is basically, um, you know, always going to remember Kobe for his drive and determination to achieve whatever he wanted. And you know, as a little kid, you know, making it seem like he was doing impossible stuff all over the place, making ridiculous shots, scoring 81 points in a game, uh, willing his team to success. Um, and, you know, inspiring, you know, people to really give everything 100% passion and, as I said earlier, being the backbone to the Lakers, which has been my favorite team and growing up, the Lakers were so important to my relationship with my brothers, my dad, um, friends, um, just growing up playing basketball in the front yard all the time. We would, everyone wanted to be Kobe 
you could be outside shooting jumpers, counting down three, two, one, throwing up a shot, pretending you're Kobe, um, and just providing so much joy, you know, to me personally, being able to watch him play basketball, um, and like Connor said, like really shaped my life in uh, helping and pushing me to become a really big sports fan. And that's something I definitely identify as. And I don't know if I would be who I am today if uh, Kobe wasn't, wasn't a basketball player and wasn't a Laker and all of that. And I'm just really, really thankful that he was um, – and that he meant a lot to me and a lot of other people. And so I think I speak for everyone here that, that we're really going to miss Kobe. And thanks for all of the memories. Thank you.